right. Welcome, everyone. We are back for another week of the Niche to Profit Show. And I'm telling you that we just keep getting the best lineup of guests. I'm so excited. Today, we have the incredible John Colder Ice Lawson, I guess. And we are going to bring him on in just a moment. I, we got to work on that audience applause. They just, you know, they're weak, weak audience. And uh, um, later in the show, um, we have a, a new little segment. You know, there's a lot of news happening out there that affects your e-commerce world. And I have uh, scoured the internet looking for some of the juicy little tidbits out there to talk about today. So we're gonna we're gonna be doing that, and of course, uh, sharing uh, a niche of the week and some other fun stuff. I got my notes ready here, and uh, let's roll away. Bringing on our guest. John Colder Ice Lawson. I just can't say your name without saying the Colder Ice part. I hope that's okay, John. Yeah, I mean, that's old school. It's your brand. <laughs> so, so, John, gosh, we, we go back quite a few years. Um, I will just tell everybody how I met you because you've made a, you've probably of all the people that I have ever met in this in this e-commerce world, you have the biggest impact on my business. I thought you were going to say big as head, but that's okay. Huge, <laughs> huge impact on my business. It was at an event you were speaking and, you know, your style of speaking is just say it, you know, you don't mince words. And yeah. you looked right at me and I think we were talking about some changes eBay was going through and you said... It's business, not personal. Get over it. You know? And it was like, wow, I don't know why that was a, such a huge light bulb moment for me. But I guess I didn't realize how personally I was taking every little thing. And and I've been following you religiously ever since. Oh, man. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yes. But uh, it helped me. So, I, you know, I definitely feel that vibe, you know, because you walk around with these chips on your shoulders. You know, yeah. and it's like the deal is if you just get them off, you don't have to worry about it anymore. So it's like I just don't take it personal anymore. Yeah. And it really is. It's business. It's business. It is business. Yeah. It is. It's all about the dollar dollar bill. The dollar dollar bill or Danny. Yeah. Look, like I got Danny dollars here today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you made it when you have your own currency, you know, <laughs> that's what's up. You know? <laughs> So, John, um, for those who don't know you yet, uh, kind of give us some of your background. You know, you have a business called Third Power Outlet, right? I said that right. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you have an interesting niche. You've right. kind of made your fortune on, like, shoelaces. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's where we are now. I mean, we've sold everything under the sun. Uh, pretty much over the years, everything from concert tickets to, well, uh, you know, shoelaces, wig heads. Uh, I, I've sold everything, man. I, can, I can't even imagine uh, some of the things, if I had them sitting in front of me, they'd probably take up this entire room. Actually, that's all the crap you see in the room. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, but we've I, I've done a lot. I've been doing this uh, since 2001. Um, left the corporate world in 2004, 
started speaking, teaching, training around 2009, 2010, and uh, probably been going gangbusters ever since, you know, um, and this is what I love. This is what I do. I enjoy talking and, and, and interacting with small business owners. And of course, you know, I do a lot of stuff with the enterprise level businesses too. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a good uh, overview of what's going on in both sectors. And I'm able to kind of take a lot of those things that I learn in one and transition it to the other, which makes it very fresh, you know, going either, you know, either way, uh, taking some of the small uh, medium seller type, you know, uh, things that we do because we're so agile and bringing that into a corporate environment is something refreshing for them. And then bringing some of that uh, uh, um, organizational skills and the way they roll things out and plan and organize and bringing that into the small and medium business sector is also uh, pretty vibrant for those guys. So I enjoy hanging on, on both sides of the fence, really. Yeah. Yeah. Would we just have air conditioning kick on or something? There, there? No, you know what? Oh. That's that's actually uh, the garage door. Oh, over. the garage door over there. Okay. And, and I know. <laughs> God. It, it's always something. And you guys hear everything. Oh, we do. We hear everything. You guys hear everything. I'm about to close the door. <laughs> So, uh, you know, you are a big fan of niche. I've heard you speak all over, and, and niche is nothing new. Why do you think it's it's something that seems so foreign to the, the eBay and Etsy and e-commerce sellers, like it's, it's something new that they have to do? Um, I think it's just because of the way a lot of them started. They didn't start out with a niche thought a lot of times. They just started out grabbing anything they can. You know, you start selling things all around the house and then you get that uh, vibe of, man, if I find something, I can make money on it. And you don't really build in the the niche, you know, lifestyle from doing that. And then when somebody comes and says, hey, you should sell in one small niche, it's totally new uh, learning for them. So I think that might be part of the reason. Yeah. And it gets a little scary, I think, because the mindset is kind of like, oh, my gosh, I just limited like all this stuff that I can sell that because let's face it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that will sell a lot of stuff that will sell. But we we can't sell it all and be effective. And a lot of that goes back to marketing nowadays because eBay is no longer driving our traffic. I mean, those days are over. Would you agree? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, the old school days are over. Yeah. You know, but they still get a whole lot of traffic. Don't get it wrong. Oh, no, no. eBay's got a lot lot of traffic. Yes. Yeah. But But it's it's not. I mean, here's the deal. When we used to, we're talking, when when we saw about the old days, we're talking about maybe six, seven years ago, you know, uh, 10 years ago, definitely. Uh, But, you know, at one point you could sell, I could sell this towel on eBay. And I would get an ending bid. Yeah, those days are over. I mean, people have a lot more opportunity, a lot more choices, but also at the same time, a lot more people are on the web doing business. So it's a larger pie. And eBay uh, itself and we ourselves have a smaller piece of the pie, but it's a larger pie. So you've got to learn how to navigate in this new environment as well. Niching out helps you to build a brand. It helps you to market. It's impossible to market 
everything to everyone. You can't do that. You right. have to have some sort of differentiation between your competition. And that's very hard to do when you're the everything for everybody. That just doesn't work well. Right, right. It's a, it's a scrambling game then. And, and my terminology for it is the difference between having an online yard sale and having a business. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a reason why a brain specialist makes more than a general practitioner. There's a reason why. Because he's a specialist. A general practitioner, he can tell you, oh, I think you might have to go see a specialist. But the specialist specializes in one thing, and it's his speciality, if that is a word, I think that is, that makes him worth more money. So the reason why we say there's riches and niches is because you become the expert in a single field instead of the person that knows a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I think you would agree that that being an expert contributes to that trust factor that people are looking for before they open their wallets big time. Absolutely. I, I think it, uh, you know, I mean, you start building up credibility when you speak to a single audience and you understand their needs and you're able to market directly to them based on that need, then uh, they, that automatically builds credibility. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about one of those avenues used to go out there and find those customers and bring them to you, and that's social commerce. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a brand new kind of word, a feeling, but it's really just using social to help you sell. And uh, as the tools grow and the reach grows, so does the opportunity. And that's where we are today in 2015. The opportunity is massive. It, yeah. And uh, in, in, Facebook's still in its infancy. Would you agree that, like, it is, it's just kind of still getting out there and finding its way and figuring out how it's going to do some of this e-commerce promotion and stuff. I mean, we, good golly, yeah. it, it changes every day. So yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, let's, 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 let's bring it all the way back to e-commerce is still in its infancy. Ah, true. You know, true. I mean, if, if, if we looked at it as a baby, uh, we're talking about at the most, you know, I mean, probably the first, you know, what, what eBay is 15 years old. So if you want to call eBay, you know, e-commerce, which I don't, I think it's one of the first, uh, but I don't think it's really the uh, uh, birth. Um, so we're probably in at best the preteen phase right about now, at best. I really would probably say we're still in the, uh, you know, what, what comes before, yeah, preteen. We're, so we're preteen. Yeah. You know, we're about 10 years old. So uh, in terms of like raising a child. So, I mean, it's it's it, it's a big world. And on top of that world, we got social media, which is trying to break into e-commerce. And that is very, very fresh, very, very new. And yes, that is totally in its infancy. Facebook is um, ready to make some uh, inroads into that. They just purchased a... Uh, uh, a search engine um, and a product lister with the find um, and they're disbanding that as a platform and rolling it in in some fashion or form into uh, Facebook. 
We've seen uh, Facebook approach the e-commerce group on Facebook and asked to become uh, active in that group. So I definitely see there is much interest in e-commerce. And you have to think about e-commerce as a whole being a 300 and something, 340 billion dollar industry per year. You know, that's that's commerce in general. E-commerce is only about six or seven percent of that. So um, there's a whole lot to go and people are ready to get involved. Big, big players. First, I just want to say you just scared the heck out of me saying that it's just like a pre-teenager because... Man, yeah, those know, next few years might not be pretty. But really, rebellion. think about, I mean, I've got little kids and I think about, you know, when they're my age, the generations are not going to know anything different than this whole online world. Like they, we still remember, you know, when we had to actually cook our dinners and yeah, 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 whatever. You sound like an old person. Yeah, old, I mean, that's just the nature of getting older. And, I, and, you know, we all deal with it. It's like we'll, we'll talk about the old days, you know, and that's because we remember them. But um, I'm sure when your kids get older, they'll talk about Facebook and Twitter as the old days. And who knows what's going to be today. I've been telling people a lot is that, you know, you should go back and watch that movie from 1999 called The Matrix because we're building the matrix right now. We're not living in it, but we're definitely building it. And we're so connected to this thing that if you take it out of our hand, uh, I know people that, I mean, you can't live a day without being plugged in, right? So, I mean, at some point this will be plugged in and then we're (laughs) actually living in the matrix. It's on, it's on right now. And by the way, my I think my husband's watched The Matrix like 162 times, so I'm wow. quite, quite familiar with that movie. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I mean, it's just, it's it's an awesome movie. Awesome movie. And to be in this time, in this age, to see it really starting to play out, I'm like, wow, I can't believe this. People would rather be inside of The Matrix, sitting around talking on Facebook for hours, than to interact with anybody around them. You'll see people that are at dinner now, the whole family, everybody's like this, <laughs> and, and nobody's talking to each other. This is an amazing time that we're in. It's crazy. I know, we go to restaurants, and we actually, we look around, we make these observations. It's, you know, people, you can tell they're like on a date, and they're both sit there buried behind their phones. It's like, Absolutely. whoa, scary. You know? Kind of scary, kind of scary. It is, it is, but you know, it's only scary because it's the unknown. Once it becomes a known, it becomes the norm. Yeah, I think when I say scary, it's scary in the sense that the whole uh, aspect of relationships is really going to change. You know, that it's a whole new way of, of dealing with people. You yeah, know? yeah, but you know what? Here's the funny thing, and then we go back to social commerce, is that. The, the whole thing, the social nature of us as human beings is always there. So we want to interact with other people. But now we don't have to necessarily be in the same room or the same space. We can be interacting with people across the globe now. 
And but we still have the same inner emotions attached to that interaction. There's a show called, you know, Catfish, where people literally fall in love with people that they never met. They've never even talked to them on the phone, never Skype, <laughs> you know, and it's an amazing thing. But what it is, is there's something inside of us as human beings that want to interact with other human beings and the digital age is able to give us opportunity to do that in ways we never thought before. And it's both scary and it's both gratifying because yeah. I know for a person like myself, when I got started in e-commerce, I didn't, you know, I didn't have anybody in my space that I could ever talk to physically. And I turned to YouTube and Twitter at that time to talk to people. And that's how I made all of these friends. And I consider you and all those other folks that were back in the day of the colder ice stuff as friends, man. You know, mm -hmm. so it's a very powerful bond that is being brought about through social. And that same bond or being able to use that and um, expand that into commerce is what we're looking at with social commerce. Absolutely. And we're going to take a short break, John. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your book a little bit. Okay. All right. When you're working for yourself and you have your own business, the only limits there are are the ones you give yourself. I don't know if you got to see that, John. That was the uh, promo for the More Fun, Bigger Profits conference coming oh, awesome. up. Oh, my gosh. It's what, like 10, 11, 11 days away? I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Tomorrow's May. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I still I'm had fine. lots of time. Um, but you're going to be at that conference, John, and yeah, your I your topic is going to be about this social commerce thing and, and this marketing thing. And you wrote a book to go with this. So I would love for you to um, talk a bit about your book. What made you write the book? I know. And shame on me. I couldn't find my book. That's okay. I'm showing it. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. We just did a big move and everything's in boxes still. So, but I have it. I have it. It's a good book. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's called Kick-Ass Social Commerce for Epreneurs. And um, it's really about sales. It's not about finding people to like you and getting new followers and all that fluffy crap. I want people to buy. And uh, it really is about using social media as a funnel to get to uh, the cash register. And, uh, I, and, and we took it from a very unique perspective, which was a perspective that I felt that was a different voice than anything I had heard out there because I was coming from an e-commerce perspective. I wasn't coming from, you know, uh, a lot of the, you know, grow your engagement and, you know, become, uh, 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 I don't know, uh, uh, I don't know what these folks are in social media today, you know, social queen. But uh, it really was about getting to the transaction, 
getting a deeper engagement with your current customer base, finding new customer base, and really turning those people who are your customers into fans so they can become like cheerleaders for your brand. And I think that is part of the value of being able to uh, connect with your customer in social media. Absolutely. So what made you write this book? I mean, what, why this topic for you? Um, you know, like I said, I, I had read a whole, first, let me just back it up a little bit. I was probably the one of the first, I think there was about uh, less than or right at 100,000 people on Twitter when I started on Twitter. So um, I was really intrigued by Twitter. And uh, like we were talking about earlier, how I made friends and uh, it gave me an outlet to talk to people that were into eBay and e-commerce at the time when I had nobody in my local area that I could really interact with. So I got very, very interested in social media. Then people, you know, it started taking off and caught on fire and all these books came out, but nobody had spoken about how to turn people into customers. And the e-commerce or the commerce perspective of social was being lost in all of the flowery, let's be concerned about how many people are following us kind of thing, you know? And I don't want to, you know, um, be a Kardashian just so I can be popular. I want to be a Kardashian so I can be rich. It's like, no, I'm just teasing. I'm just, (laughs) but it's all about, you know, it's about the money for us. If we are business owners, then ultimately everything we really do has a top and a bottom line to it. And I thought that there needed to be a book that talked about how those things interact. So that's kind of why I wrote it. Uh, and it's awesome. I mean, because yeah, true. And we forget that it's not just about gathering the number. You can have the biggest list in the world. And if you don't know what to do with it and you don't know how to use it, it's just a list. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the conversion, man. Yeah, absolutely. You got to get some conversion. If they're not, I mean, you don't want, just think about that store. If you had a physical store and people just came in, you know, sucked up all your air conditioning and then walked out. What good would that be like, well, we had like 50,000 people come in a day. How much you make? Uh, we sold a Coke. That's not <laughs> I just don't get it. I had this picture of people walking in going, I like you. And they're walking back out the door. <laughs> and that's what they do, you know? And they come by every day. That's the really yeah. bad part. Yeah. You know, they'll come by every day and suck up your air conditioning in the hot weather and never put a dime on the counter. And we're happy with that? Probably not. So we're sitting around and we're we're struggling to find new customers when we already got a following of customers that are interested in us, interested in our business, interested in the things that we do. And we're not bringing them closer into the funnel so that we can get them to the cash register. And that is the importance of social commerce. Absolutely. And, and you know, and I'm real big. This is why I love eBay over Amazon is because, and, and this is so underutilized, eBay gives us all of our customer information when they buy something. We have all that data. Look, to some degree, you better enjoy it while it's good. Oh. 
Because here's the thing. eBay doesn't give you that customer data. PayPal, PayPal does. PayPal does. Yeah. Right, they're right, right. Split up. I don't know what that means or if it means anything. But still, you know, it'll be interesting to see where we go. And, uh, you know, eBay has always been a very social platform in, no matter what. You know, it, uh, it does allow you to interact with your customer in a very unique way that's unique to your business. And I love that about eBay. Yeah, I mean, that they were the like, it was all about community and, right. you know, being social and giving each other feedback. And <laughs> it's right. Yeah. Right. I mean, so a lot of the principles, you know, when we talk about liking something and doing that, that's the same thing that eBay actually was one of the purveyors of, which was, you know, feedback. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I hear you. And that social proof is so important. And uh, when you have people commenting and giving you thumbs up and liking your stuff, you want to take some of that social proof and use it in your uh, marketing. You want to use that in your um, uh, on your sales sites. And I think a lot of people miss that opportunity as well. What do they call? I mean, they used to be fan pages, business page. What are they called now? I, I've I lost think, track. I think they are business pages. Are they business pages still? Okay. It hasn't changed. You know, I, I try to stay up on that stuff. Yeah, I just know I just it is all the time, doesn't it? Keep working it. Keep working it. <laughs> working it. You know, and I and I mean, you know, the engagement of a fan page or a business page has definitely um, declined a little bit for the free, but they have put in place a paid system that is really fantastic. And uh, if if you guys have not dabbled a little bit in Facebook advertising, especially when you're talking about niche, niche orientation, that is something you might want to check out. That is definitely something I'm going to be talking about at the uh, event in uh, what next week. You know, <laughs> yeah. so uh, you know, get involved, guys. Get involved. If you can't be there by the tape, I mean, tape. Look, see how old I am. <laughs> I mean, but definitely there's going to be some value that you're going to get out of being in the room, being around all of these great people that she has set up and having speak to you. And uh, it's going to change your business and change, you know, hopefully your outlook, your outlook, your life. And, and that's what it's really all about. That's what I'm about. And I can't wait to really get and, you know, get engaged with the people in a live environment for a change. Yeah, and and you were there last year for our yes. in, inaugural event, and so just so you know, everybody who was there last year is you won't even recognize it. Completely new event. We're, it's gonna be fun. Pumping it up. <laughs> and we're pumping it up. Yeah, I mean, we went to three days instead of two because there was just like no way. I want everybody to come away with a. I'm calling it a blueprint for success. I mean, the, I mean, I'll tell you what, the first thing we're doing on day one is defining what that success is, because it isn't the same for everybody. Not everybody wants a six-figure business. Not everybody wants a seven-figure business. So we're first just backing up, defining what that is, and then putting the plan in place so they can walk out of that room, put things into action that they may or may not have done before, but now can do effectively and, and live the dream. Cool. Yeah. I'm living the dream. And you are a big part of that. I'm just, I'm just a dreamer. You're just a dreamer. <laughs> just a dreamer, man. But no, absolutely. I think that is a good point. You got to know where you're starting from and what your goal is. 
I mean, if you map out something and you want to go, if I want to say I want to go to downtown Atlanta and see, you know, this, this, uh, the capital in Atlanta, I got to know where I'm going. And then the next thing I need to know is where I'm at. And once you get those two things, then you can draw the pathway on how to get there. So you got to know where you're going and what you want. And then you got to know where you're at and then you can make the path to get there. And I think that is fantastic that you're going to cover that. And I think a lot of conferences don't really cover that. So right. that's cool, man. Get a blueprint. A blueprint. Blueprint. So if you can leave everybody with one just super tip going super forward tip. today. Um, here's a super tip for you. If you are engaged with an audience, try to figure out a way to get a deeper engagement with them by getting them on your email list. Absolutely. So everybody out there, if you don't have that email list yet, you haven't been listening to me. <laughs> I've been harping on that for a year. Get that email list. Yeah, that's, but, that's yeah. a cha-ching. But I'm so glad you said that one. So glad. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, man. Yeah. John, thank you so much for coming on today. I know you have a crazy busy schedule. And yeah, a little bit. I got another interview in like an hour and a half. Nice, nice. <laughs> so uh, we will see you. It, it, I, we actually have, well, it's not quite two weeks, but it's not next week. It's the week after next week. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Woo, give me a little more time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, see, again, I do have to get on a plane next week, but then yours is the week after. That's Got right. It. Yeah. 13th, 14th, and 15th. Yes. Can't wait. It'll be the place to come and meet John in person. So thanks. Thanks, John. We'll do it again sometime. See you in Vegas, baby. All right. I'll tell you, huge, huge influence on my business. Um, you know, I meant to say this while he was still on me. Yeah, um, after I met John at that event several years ago, I immediately went to him and said, will you coach me? And he told me later, in fact, he told me last year that I was the first one who ever asked him for coaching. So I was like, really? Because that was like a no brainer. You got this figured out. I'm going to you. So John is an awesome, awesome guy. So uh, something we are going to be doing uh, every week is featuring uh, a store. And, and, you know, it's usually going to be on eBay because that is kind of my place of choice where you can have a brand and you can have a niche. Uh, so I'd love to feature this person's store this week. And I know she just got her new header done and everything. Uh, this is Jennifer Hickey's store. It is City Farmhouse Antiques. And she, of course, sells antiques. And she's very, very true to her brand. Uh, and if you go down and look, I mean, she is just solid with the items that she is selling. All very high quality uh, for higher caliber customer and she is just doing a phenomenal business with this. Um, she's in what I call my platinum program, which, sorry, guys, I no longer offer that one um, available. I've got my people in there, and, and, and it is what it is. Um, but she goes to estate sales, and she buys without knowing what this stuff is a lot of times. She's attracted to it. It's got eye appeal. And I'm telling you, that right there is your number one selling factor.
So if if you are having trouble with the things that you are listing, if they're not selling, really look at what kind of eye appeal do they have first and foremost? Because truly that is the place that you have to get customers first. I mean, they're going to put some words into a search engine and come back with results, but you really want something that just pops off the page and says, buy me, buy me, buy me. Because most of the stuff, you guys, this is impulse items. This is not something that somebody is saying, oh, you know what? Today I need a Yadro figurine. I don't know. Maybe they are if they like broke theirs, but you know what I'm saying? It's they're browsing, they're window shopping, and then something is striking a chord. It's playing on their emotions and saying, I got to have it. So um, Jennifer has done a phenomenal job with, with her store and continues to. So I wanted to give her a shout out and highlight her today. And then I have an awesome little score of the week that came through on our Sunday thread over at the Danny app Facebook group. We run a thread every single Sunday and I want every single one of you to participate in this because it's so cool to see this stuff selling for these crazy prices. Uh, So it is score Sunday and you get to list something that sold during the previous week that just, you know, exceeded your expectations. Um, This is from Tammy Swafford of Cassius, Cassius Hopper 999 is her ID. And this is item number 17176677 Oh, I could actually read that today. Yay. Um, this is an Indian chief figurine. You can read the, the title up there. And she listed it. First of all, she bought this at an estate sale for 20 bucks. 20 bucks. And she listed it for $129.95. And it's sold in one day for a hundred bucks, hundred bucks. That is five times her investment. And you cannot put your nose up at that. And it's, you know, I don't see a, I don't see a brand name. I don't see it's resin. <laughs> People buy resin stuff. I mean, resin's been around now a long time. If we didn't want to buy resin stuff for our collections, nothing would sell because it's all resin now. Um, but it sold on that eye appeal factor and it sold for a hundred bucks because somebody just fell in love and had to have it. So um, great job, Tammy. Great, great job. I swear. Okay, you guys, somebody needs to remind me next week, I need a dang clock. I'm just saying, because, yeah, I, I, so see, I've, I know kind of how these segments are supposed to go. And I have, you know, my evil director whispering in my ear, you know, those times, but I lose track because I start talking. So somebody remind me, I need to find some big goofy clock that just sits here in front of me that I don't have to think too hard to see. I have my cell phone here, but now, see, somebody called me, and right across the screen, this missed call, and I'm not going to show you the number, um, so it's covering up the clock now. You know, so I'm just saying, you know, my people are good. I know they're good. I am going to get, not only am I going to get reminders to buy a clock, I'm going to get suggestions. I'm going to get links. I don't care. Use an affiliate link. Send me some cute clock. I'll 
buy one. Um, trust me. Something that can sit here nice and cozy on the desk, you know. And then, uh, yeah. Look at Wendy's already gone shopping. I'm like, don't wait till after the show to go find me a clock, okay? Just wait. All right. Hey, what we're going to do is we are going to take one more little quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk about some news stories. I'm Danny Ackerman of thedannyapp.com, and what I do is inspire, motivate, and empower online sellers to grow a six-figure business. I have been doing the coaching side of my business for three years, and I have been an online seller for, oh my goodness, this is my 17th year. We have uh, group coaching programs, we have private coaching programs, uh, I do in-person live events all around the country. I do a large three-day event here in Las Vegas called More Fun, Bigger Profits, and it's all about helping people build a plan, taking action, and reaching their goals in their online business. You can come find out more about me at thedannyapp.com. All right, and we're back. So some interesting stuff going on in the news lately. You guys been keeping track of some of this stuff? I, it's crazy how much stuff goes through the news that really does affect you behind the scenes. So you kind of have to keep your your ear on it. Not ear, eyes, whatever you do with that. Uh, and kind of keep aware of what's going on but don't get scared don't start thinking you got to make some big old massive changes in your business just be aware and then just listen to me because I'll keep you straight on all this stuff uh, but trust me if there's if the sky's falling I'm gonna tell you okay we'll all get some titanium umbrellas and we'll be good but here's the thing big big changes happening for eBay and PayPal this year and this has been in the works. So early 2014, we had some major, major upsets in the eBay world. And some of you have probably been suffering from this. You've been experiencing slow sales. It's been harder to get things seen in search. You've lost your top rated seller status. Lots of stuff going on. And this is because there was some really big uprest in the the board of directors and, and really eBay runs things for its stockholders okay you guys are just you know helping keep it alive but it's all about the stock prices for eBay that's the gauge so uh, there was someone there very very vocal about wanting eBay and PayPal to split and John Donahoe dug in his heels and said, no way, not doing it. It is best for this company to stay together, blah, 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 blah. Because now, lo and behold, PayPal and eBay are splitting. And somehow, now it's a good idea, which actually I do think it is. Uh, so that's been going on. We had not one, but two major security breaches with eBay last year um, where it, it not just because of the the upset people hearing that their information might have gotten hacked you know through the system that's bad enough eBay in its how do I put this nicely 
I'll use an acronym. CYA uh, Momentum <laughs> decided that now you can't even get on the site without changing your password. So this left literally tens of thousands of users not wanting to go through the work to even get on the site. So they lost a lot of their registered users. Um, they've never revealed what that number is in full, uh, but it's a lot. I mean, there was a lot of people who said, eh, see you, eBay. And as if all that wasn't bad enough, you had eBay and Google not playing well together. You had Google was... Um, not wanting to put eBay organic searches up. And so uh, a lot of traffic that we've gotten over the years has been through Google, people searching on Google for things. And so that whole thing going on really hurt us. That's when I say us, that's small to medium sized sellers. Uh, and Donahoe really protected the interest of the enterprise sellers, enterprise being those big, huge, you know, the Toys R Us and the Walmart and the, you know, the big, the giant retailers that he wanted to come onto the site and take care of. So now it's been announced. PayPal, eBay are splitting as of the fall. Um, I believe the time frame is September, October, just in time to just really mess with your fourth quarter, by the way, because that's how eBay rolls. And so this is going to happen. And what I want you guys to know, you've hung in there. I'm probably thinking you're not watching my show unless you're still selling on eBay. But you've hung in there all this time and things are now going to turn around for you. I, this is my huge, huge, huge prediction uh, because Devin Wenning is going to be the new president of eBay Marketplaces. And I actually have gotten to spend time with Devin. I have, I have met him on more than one occasion. I've interviewed him. Uh, and I uh, like the guy. I really like Devin. And I really believe his heart is with the small to medium-sized sellers. And it's, there's going to be some significant changes. Uh, I don't know what those changes are yet, by the way. I, don't, I am not privy to any insider information on that. But I can tell you, there will be changes. He does understand the importance that small to medium-sized sellers are. They, he calls them the backbone of eBay. And, and you and I, you know this is true. We've been saying it for a long time. We built eBay. We are eBay. We're the ones that are going to hang out and stay on eBay. Um, so that's coming back to us. But here's what's not really, really been in the news a lot, is that there's all these divisions under the eBay Inc. umbrella. PayPal is one. Uh, you've got eBay Marketplaces. You've got eBay Enterprises. And then, you know, there's a few other. eBay Marketplaces is going to be on its own. eBay Marketplaces is no longer tied to eBay Enterprises when this whole thing takes place. That, my friends, is ginormous. Huge. And... We're going to have to kind of wait and see how this pans out. Uh, but I have the highest, highest optimism that there are some really good big changes coming for those of us who 
have hung in there and just know that things are going to make a turn for the better. So that was a really long way around getting to this news story that Google, Google is in some really, really deep doo-doo over in uh, the UK for antitrust laws. And basically, I'm going to break this down into, you know, non-techie speak. Google is getting accused of manipulating search results and not giving people, in essence, what it is they're searching for and favoring those who pay them money. I mean, we know that goes on, right? Um, so uh, I, long story short, they are under the gun for this. Now, where it gets really interesting, and this is, I, I just love how this is playing out. So John Donahoe has come in and testified on behalf of Google because, dun, 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 if Google goes down for this, Guess what other big search engine is going to be in trouble for doing the very same thing? Yeah. So, uh, eBay has a really vested interest in Google not being found guilty of these antitrust laws. Because eBay is doing the very same thing. Manipulating search results based on who's giving them money. Uh, so this could play out very, very, very interesting. And I, you know, it could it be the beginning of a new romance between Google and eBay if, you know, eBay comes in and kind of saves Google's behind on this? I don't know. Maybe we'll see them playing much nicer together, which can only be very, very good things for all of us for sure. So... Interesting stuff. We'll be uh, definitely keeping an eye on that story. Also in the news, let's throw that one. Amazon. I got to talk about Amazon every once in a while. So Amazon uh, has something that I didn't even know this existed. Do you guys know about Amazonsupply.com? I did not even know this existed. Uh, Basically what it is, it's a business to business portion of the site, meaning, uh, you know, business owners like commercial, restaurants, uh, industrial, they have kind of their own place to go buy stuff via the Amazon brand. Um, And this is going forward as a big, big push for Amazon. Um, They're changing it to Amazon business. Uh, and basically, they're really going to press forward in servicing the the business-to-business line of customers. Now, what I didn't see is that they're going to let the third-party sellers currently working with the site onto this. But I suspect, you know, if this is an area that you get goods and, and to serve... Those customers, 278 million customers, 278 million customers is what they have in this Amazon a business sector. So they're going to be wanting to take care of those customers with more product, more uh, um, variation of, of things. So watch for that. If you can get your hands on 
commercial goods. Now, the other thing that's actually a little different than if you just go to Amazon and buy this stuff is that there will be ways for um, for them not to pay sales tax. So this is a completely separate buying experience for those buyers. So they don't have to pay sales tax. They can set up, you know, users in their company to go and find and buy stuff. And I don't know about you guys, but I really like it when somebody is shopping with somebody else's money in stuff that I'm selling. I'm just saying... Because they're not emotionally attached to that money. They're just finding what they need to find and spending the money. So so good stuff happening with that. And we'll also be keeping an eye on that. And in case you're wondering, this is not an Alibaba clone. And that was actually like very well stated there. They do not want this to be seen as an Alibaba clone. This is a standalone for Amazon. Okay, gosh, I got, you know, just a couple of goofy things here around my desk. I'm not listing right now, you guys. I'm not listing. I've got an event I've been planning. But let me tell you something. Here's here's what can happen if your sales are slow, if you are just having trouble with that whole marketing thing. I am telling you, develop that niche. If you develop that niche, stuff's going to sell even when you're not listing. I Right now, I sh- I'm shipping something every day, and it is stuff that's just there. My marketing efforts continue. I'm still marketing in social commerce. I'm still talking to my customers. I'm just not listing anything new, which is one of the biggest ways to drive people to your older items. But I do have a few things here that I, I wanted to share. These are not listed yet. They'll be listed soon after the event. Um, but I went to ASD and ASD is the big trade show here in Vegas. And I found a wholesaler for these really adorable little miniature guitars. Now what's cool about these is they actually are licensed by Fender. And I was able to purchase them for right around $13, $13. I'm selling them for 40. And right now, you know where they're selling? They're selling at my brick and mortar booth at the antique mall. So I'm not even having to do anything yet. These things are selling. And the cool thing is I have four different four different um, variations. And I think they have about two dozen of them. And they all sell in the $25 to $40 range. Uh, so that's something I'm just going to be able to keep selling over and over. And... It's something that appeals to my antiques and collectibles buyers. Something unique. Anybody do the after Valentine's Day buying sprees? You know, when they put everything at like 50% off, 75% off. So always think outside the box with this stuff. Now, this has those little heart candy things. We're taking those suckers out of there. We're not selling the candy. But look at the mug. What movie is in the theaters right now and every little girl is talking about? And you know, come Halloween, what are they going to want to be wearing? Cinderella. 
So they had these mugs, and they were originally, I believe, like $14.95, and they were down to 75% off. I bought every single one they had. I will take the candy out. I will sell them for $29.99 as Cinderella mugs. Brand new. Brand new. So always think you don't have to sell it just the way it is on the shelf when you're buying it. You can do a little tweaking and fixing up to it. Oh, let's see. Okay, hopefully my daughter is not watching the show because I stole this from her. (laughs) No, not really. She left it behind. She left it behind. So she's kind of a, a zebra freak. And what I have learned from watching my grown daughters as they go on to decorate their own homes and decorate their cars and fill out their closet and I kind of watch and I think, okay, times they are changing. So the one daughter really loves zebra. Everything zebra. She's just absolutely gaga for. So I went to do a little research. You know what? She's not the only one. Zebra print is hot, hot, hot. In fact, animal prints right now, you guys, animal prints are a trend that is in. She'll be thinking about that. If your niche is clothing, animal print, If your niche is home decor, animal stuff and especially zebras zebras and leopard those are the two biggies right now so this little guy right here was found at a thrift store for i believe we paid 8.99 for it which is actually you know kind of a high price for a thrift store uh but that is 59.99 all day long all day long maybe even a little more you know price it higher because again Somebody is not coming along looking for, you know, I mean, maybe they are, but I want the customer who's not. I want the customer who's just browsing zebra stuff because they love it and they see this and they go, oh my gosh, I got to have that. And then it's just a matter of if they can hit that buy button. And I, you know, I price based on that reaction. If it's not something that you can just go and look for a market value, And there are those things, but for the most part, you know what? Name your prices. Literally, if the the stronger the emotional appeal, the bigger the price, the bigger the price. And eBay does this great little thing now. And and we can go back and look at the listing that was our score of the week. and, And it shows you an example. When you are selling these higher priced items eBay's got this cool little split that payment up into six months for people. For instance, the uh, Indian chief figurine, somebody could pay $17 for six months to buy that. And that's really enticing for people. We we live in a credit world. Now, I, I'm not condoning buying things on credit. It's not my MO. Our family is credit free. Uh, but uh, the consumers do it and eBay's making it easy for them. So when you sell those higher priced items, and honestly, I have not been able to find what the threshold is, where they start splitting up that payment. So err on the side of pricing too high, you guys. If it's something really groovy and the picture looks really good, price it high. I know it's like, I hear they struggled every day. You you can never, ever 
worry about pricing something too high and having somebody buy it. On the other hand, you can price something too low. Somebody snaps it up and you've left money on the table and you can't go back. Once they do that, you can't go back. Um, so, you know, what's going to happen? You price it too high. Here's the thing. Nobody buys it. And you'll know that because you're going to see, oh, I had all these watchers. I had all these views and nobody snapped it up. Guess what? You can run a promotion. You can send it to auction. You can, you can lower the price. Although that's my last, that's my last piece of advice is to lower the price. But there's things you can do to get that item sold if it got a lot of action and no sale. Whereas you don't want a lot of action if it's priced too low and then it goes bye-bye and then, you know, you left all that money on the table. We had an example in the Abster group this morning and I hope, Beth, I hope you're listening. She had a pair of Jimmy Choo shoes. What are we talk- How do we always end up talking about shoes? But I'm telling you, shoes, oh my gosh, there are women who will spend thousands of dollars on a pair of shoes. And Jimmy Choo is one of those brands. So if you get a used pair of Jimmy Choo shoes and you are worried about pricing too high, don't. I'm telling you, these women, you have a $4,000 pair of shoes and you price it for $900. Do you see what an incredible savings that is for that person? Sure, they still want to bargain, they still want to feel frugal, but it's all relative to income levels, I am telling you. So, Beth, if you're listening, I hope you went and got those Jimmy Choo shoes priced way higher. Wait, and I am not going to give a link or show those shoes because somebody's going to go snap them up and and resell them themselves, so we're not going to do that. But I know, she's good. She'll go over, she'll change that price. So, you guys, the buyers are out there. They've got money to spend. Don't cheat yourself. Get those items priced based on the emotional aspect that they fulfill for those customers out there. I'm telling you, it works all day long, every day. My business has been run that way for the last 10 years. People pay crazy prices for stuff because you are not your customer. Always remember that. And I'm not either. I'm too cheap. Just saying. And... That's our show this week, guys. I want to thank John Lawson for coming on. Go grab his book, Social Commerce for Epreneurs. Next week, we have Michelle Sism of Decisive Minds. You do not want to miss that. She's going to talk about conversion. With that, go be profitable and make it fun.